1: time for Blue Darter Sports Central with your host, Roger Franklin-Williams. Stay tuned for the latest updates on Blue Darter Sports, along with interviews with student-athletes, coaches, and more. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger.
2: Good morning, Apopka, Blue Darter fans and alumni. This is Blue Darter Sports Central, and we're live at Porkies on this beautiful cool Friday morning. You're invited to come on out and join us. We're going to be talking about everything Blue Darter sports, from football to basketball. We have a few things to talk about on today's program. We're going to cover, like I said, the Blue Darter's 8-4 and four season, their successes, the foibles, and the hopes and dreams for the next season. Blue Darter basketball, we're going to be covering that with Coach Scott Williams in the second half of the program, uh, because basketball season just kicked off. And joining me this morning is John Perry, editor of the Apopka Chief and Planner and renowned expert on Blue Daughter sports and sports in general. Good morning, John.
3: Good morning, Joe. How are you? Uh, missing Roger today.
2: Yes, Roger had some things he had to take care of. And so, um,
3: I surprise. Hate, I hate when life gets in the way like that, you know. It just It uh, <laughs> There's times when, when, when that happens uh, to, to all of us. You just got to do what you need to do, that's for sure.
2: Now, you've got a great football review in today's Apopka Chief. So, folks, if you haven't gotten yours yet, you need to go out and get it. You know, um, again, the Blue Daughters had an 8-4 and four season, pretty pretty good season, made it to the playoffs, something they've done past 19 seasons. So, you know, they're pretty consistent there. Can you give your overview of the season for our listeners?
3: I, well, I think, uh, you know, 8-4 and kind of – tells you right there I, this is probably a, probably at eight and four team i don't know uh there were times they looked uh unbeatable uh, especially before the injuries started piling up uh, you know that first game they beat okoy 47 nothing went up to uh Bartram trail up uh you know half hour south of jacksonville uh rushed for what we believe is the school record 615 yards that game uh but only one thirty three twenty eight. so if you're rushing for 615, you should be putting up 50 60 points uh had a, had a little bit of a turnover issues and some penalties which you know when you go out of your area heck when you're in your area sometimes you run into rough officiating but uh that night it was particularly crucial uh and and stopping a couple of drives that apopka had uh but but then a couple of turnovers did the same thing so uh, it was it was kind of a deck situation where Popka could have had probably I would say at least three more touchdowns. You would have scored in the fifties. Uh as it turned out, uh got with down I think about the twenty five or thirty yard line before uh Popka's defense uh, stopped and then uh it toward the end of the game. Of course the big big story out of that game out I mean you rush for six fifteen, uh and, and like I say, we think it's a score record because there's no such thing as a record book because the uh, Popcats has been playing since 1933. So, uh, you know, 85 years of football. And uh, it's, it's not like somebody's been sitting around for even I haven't been around for that long. Uh, but, uh, you know, then at the end of that game, uh, I say at the end, toward the last, the last few minutes of the right. game, Ja'Cory and Davis Hamilton uh, uh, was hit on a completely legitimate hit. Uh, tackled uh, on a routine running play um, and, and his ACL and MCL on his left knee were, were just blown out. And uh, he was, of course, lost for the season. And who knows when he'll be back. Uh, if he'll be back. If he'll be. I, I would think he probably will. Uh, a lot of it's going to be determined on just how things heal and how he rehabs and how hard he rehabs and 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 the, right. the quality of the rehab. Uh, you know, he's – it's funny, but the play itself reminded me of uh, from last Friday, a week ago Friday, when uh, UCF quarterback Mackenzie Milton was hit, although Ja'Corian Davis-Hamilton's was not anywhere that severe. His was a classic, uh, from what I know, a classic ACL. Yeah, it was ACL a clean camp. shot. And, and it was. Well, the one at UCF was uh, that hit Milton. But Milton's knee was just – I mean, the whole thing was – uh, uh, dislocated and it looked like it was just literally just hanging on my,
2: my knee hurts when you talk about uh, it uh,
3: it was it was <laughs> gruesome I was I w- we were out of town for Thanksgiving up uh, visiting my family up in the Atlanta area and uh, we, we had uh, my brother-in-law uh, had the Virginia Virginia Tech game on TV because uh, he's uh, got his master's degree from Virginia and so I was watching the UCF USF game on my laptop and when it happened, I, I was like, oh, wow. gosh. And so I backed it up a little bit. And, you know, my, my wife and brother-in-law and sister-in-law came gathered around my chair. And we're watching a lot. We just, you know, my wife is a nurse uh, by trade. And, and um, so she was particularly uh, intrigued, I guess, is is part of the, the term, uh, although she certainly felt for him. But uh, the, the way his knee, Milton's knee, was just completely different. He he was fortunate. He was uh, at, at just a few minutes from Tampa General Hospital, which is a level one trauma unit. And, uh, you know, if they had been playing at East Carolina, which is in Greenville, North Carolina, and I don't know how long it would have taken them to get to a trauma one unit from Greenville, North Carolina. I it would mean, be
2: Charlotte. It would be the closest. I probably
3: Charlotte, or I don't know exactly where Greenville is, but maybe Raleigh, Durham, something, uh, you know, along that line. Uh, but, but bottom line is uh, – you know, that was a crucial game for Apopka in terms of, of losing Ja'Cory and Davis-Hamilton. It kind of started the the injury bug for this Apopka team.
2: Which, which leads leads into, you know, all the injuries that did take place. That really did take a big toll on the Blue Daughters. How, the, how the, have the injuries, you know, they, they affected key players. How many of them do you think are going to come back?
3: Well, I would think, I mean, you know, those who are, are underclassmen, yeah, you know, I would expect according Davis Hamilton to be back next year, uh, n- next regular season, spring practice. That was always iffy from the from the beginning, uh, and and so we'll just see. Uh, part of it's ha- how things go and how they how they are able to, uh, you know, like say how the rehab goes. And uh, I mean, he if you w- watching right now, I mean, toward by the end of the season, I mean, he was always at the games on right. the sideline and I mean yeah, you, you he walk around just like a, anybody would um there was no limp at all or anything and uh I know I know Ryan Davis the the linebacker from Wakaiva who lost you know had the same injury there and, and was lost for the season for Wakaiva he his was a two or 3 weeks after which according to Davis Hamilton, but he's in the same spot. I mean you walk and just it's not like he has he's had surgery. Uh, they've both had surgery and, and they're just walking down the street they look completely normal. Uh but in terms of their gait. But uh, you know, there's obviously a big difference between doing that and playing football. So You know,
2: we we had high hopes with you know, we were pretty deep in the running back then all running back uh, position and then all of a sudden all this happens, and right. now we're down to nobody almost. And, and,
3: and that was that's a, that's a great point. And and if that depth hadn't been there, um, it would have been that much worse. Um, you know, Good point. As, as it turned out, you know, Keane Brown stayed healthy, and of course, he missed the Mandarin game. But uh, and then, you know, I think that probably hurt a popkin that game. Had it uh, had he been available, um, you know, I would think that. That the would have had a better situation uh, offensively against Mandarin, but it, you're right, uh, Joe. It went down s- completely quickly. <laughs> uh, you know, go into the to the season thinking there's all these skill set guys. He, he's like, okay, can we just have enough chances to get uh, each of them enough touches? Right. Uh, as it turns out, it's like here, King Brown. You touch it this play, next play, next play, next play, and of course, the the passing game by necessity was was ramped up a little bit, and Jackson Darlington certainly uh performed well in, in that regard uh i mean he had that Avita that uh game was was quite a, an outstanding game for for jackson um I mean, two hundred and i think fifty seven yards passing that night uh which was the best single night passing yeah, that was an excellent in, in, game. in a long long time i don't even know how long it's been uh, uh you know there were even even as Solid as his brother Zach Darlington had uh, during the 2012 playoff run uh, through the air. Um, it was not quite that 257. It was pretty darn close. But but anyway, um, you know, the, the injuries, uh, you know, Antonio Merriweather, an offensive lineman, was lost for the season. Um, I think, I don't think it was in the same game, the Barton Trail game. Is, for Ja'Cory and Davis-Hamilton, but uh, the next game or two. And so he, he didn't play but but th- three games or so, and in, in, in he was lost. And that, that you know, there was injuries up front from time to time. Calvin Kozial missed a game or two. He was also the punter. He missed one game. He was also the punter and, and did a very credible job, I thought. Right. I mean, he's not going to wow anybody with his stats, but he was very, you know, they got the one punt blocked by Lakeland. After that, he really became –
2: yeah, his leg got stronger as yeah, the season went on. And,
3: and his his time, his his logistics, his timing on on getting the kick off, getting the punt off was was improved muchly after that. Uh, they they did a uh, I you know they worked with him and he he understands that you, you got to catch and step and kick. Uh, it's it's very much a timing issue with the punting. I mean, obviously you got to pay attention to the ball, catch it. You know, take a step and then punt. You can't take you can't take your time when you're punting. It's just it's just not yeah, possible. <laughs>
2: you have another team coming at you. Yeah, exactly.
3: So uh, you're going to be swallowed up. Exactly. Uh, and you and the ball. And so anyway, uh, I thought Calvin did a, a very credible job. Uh, you know, he's not going to be on the, as a punter on anybody's watch list uh, for college recruiters, but he he was very. St- Consistent, I guess, and consistent, incredible, and and did a, a pretty good job for a popka, uh, and and you know by the end of the year, Darlington, Coach Darlington was calling him, uh, you know, his best offensive lineman, and certainly one of his best, and and, and you know, uh, has seemed to have wavered or gotten through the the midseason kind of lull and whatnot, and and been able to be an asset both on the line and as a punter. Uh, you know toward the end of the season
2: you know with all the injuries and and the other issues with all the players what do you think our prospects look like for the spring game
3: well we'll see i mean i who knows how what what kind of i know last year in spring they had the they ended up playing in that jamboree against uh, Orange city university and uh, deltona uh,
2: yeah we had everybody it's pine ridge, pine, ridge,
3: pine ridge not just deltona and and university ended up being just a really bad team and and you know, right then, a pop put seventy, pay two game, uh, two two quarter jamboree sessions, and and put seventy seven points up in those two, in those four quarters against two different teams. Uh, Orange City University proved that they were not very good. Uh, you know, even there, from the from the uh, after the they had one offensive lineman leave uh, the the team there after the spring game. Uh, and so, you know, by the time summer workouts started a couple of weeks later, um, they were already looking for another offensive lineman. And so, um, you know, it was that kind of season. That, that was kind of the, first, the start of it. And then right. it, it uh, only went downhill from there between the offensive line and the, and the offensive skill guys. Uh, you know, the passing game obviously was very effective, uh, you know, with Jackson Darlington throwing the ball. In, and most of it went to, to Fred Young. Uh, he he was the one who who was able to uh, was was the one who was Darlington's tar- favorite target. That's for sure. He's a big, tall kid. Run, runs pretty decent routes. Uh, became a better blocker during the during the uh, second half of the season. So uh, and, and he's just a junior, and so he'll be back. Um, you know, in terms of we'll see how things go. You know, I guess spring spring practice starts uh, there toward the toward the end of end of april and and so anyway uh you know the the spring practice uh we'll we'll see how things go and see see who's still here and and who's available and uh, you know with jacorian
2: davis hamilton is is able to practice at all or not john your expertise is always welcomed and always needed i appreciate uh you being here, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to be talking with coach Scott Williams of Blue Darter Basketball.
1: We'll be right back. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520
2: WBZW. Your hometown station. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW.
1: Your hometown station. Now, here's Roger.
2: Welcome back to Blue Daughter Sports Central. We're live here at Porky's on the front porch in downtown Apopka. You are invited to come on out and join us. We're going to be hanging out for lunch. At least some of us are. John Perry is here at the moment and on the phone. Coach Scott Williams of the Blue Daughter basketball team. Coach, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you doing today? So far, so good. Hey
3: Scott, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. Don't don't
4: eat all my food, John Perry. I'm a little I'm a little uh, sad <laughs> that I'm not there with you guys.
3: Well, uh, I'll be, I'll just lick the barbecue sauce off my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just...
2: Coach, you guys played Boone last night. Who yes, won that we, game? Uh, we ended up we won by we won by six or six
4: or nice. seven. I guess it was seven. Uh, seven. It was. It was a typical Boone, a Popka, knuckle-dragger. Um, wow. They, uh, Boone plays incredibly methodically. It, it's a style that's effective for them. And uh, we're still trying to find our way offensively. And compounding that is the fact that we've lost our starting point guard for an undisclosed period of time because of a pretty serious mm. wrist injury.
2: Oh, uh,
4: wow. And so the final was 34-27. And it was in many ways as ugly as that score sounds. But um, sometimes you got to find a way to make plays. We were down much of the game, and uh, we competed really well. I thought, especially in the second half, we did some things defensively that were disruptive and created some turnovers, and and uh, and got just enough plays to get a win against a good club, a club that. Um, I think will be a playoff team in, in their district. And so it's a, it's a good way to bounce back. It's, it's a tough turnaround in that tournament if you lose the first day because, you, you know, in our case, we had to turn around 20 hours later and, uh, and play again. And so uh, pleased with the win, uh, a lot of work to do, but it's, it's also November 30th, and, and uh, we get ready to play tomorrow night against either Lake Highland or Winter Park. Uh, in the consolation championship game so uh, uh, it's been a good week of basketball and uh, everything for us quite honestly is getting geared to to be ready to open at home next Tuesday in a huge district game against Evans
2: now we know the rotary tip-off classic is a big deal how Absolutely. What was, what's you know, that, the importance of is, this cl- go ahead tournament,
4: you know Joe that tournament has been in existence for pro- for over four decades by my knowledge and and it is you know, it's an invitation tournament. You don't, you don't, you don't say we're coming. They reach out to you, and the fact oh, that, nice. uh, um, you know, they've sought us out the last couple of years, and um, and uh, uh, it means a lot to our program. And uh, obviously, I don't know. I, I did not catch your first segment. Don't know if uh, there. I, I think there's some other Apopka news going on today, but uh, um, the. Uh, the first round, we drew what I think potentially is the best team in the tournament, Seminole, and to play them down to the wire uh, it was an indicator of good things and also things to work on, and uh, Boone, the whole field really, really talented. You know, you got an Edgewater team uh, playing against uh, Mainland in one semifinal and then a Seminole, Stanford Seminole, against Daytona Beach Atlantic in the other semifinal. You know, those four teams are really, really good. I think we've got a really good club. So every year, if you get a chance to play there, you know you're going to be tested for two or three games.
2: Okay, with the game with Boone last night, got a few questions. What were you pleased with? What needs improving? And which players played well?
4: Um, I was pleased with our, um, our energy and, and commitment in the second half in particular. Pleased with our... Uh, toughness to grind out a win, even though we didn't play well. Uh, we need to work on uh, our ball handling, which is, you know, we knew that we were going to rely deeply on our young sophomore point guard, John Latimer. And with John being out, we're having to assess who can do what. And there will be an ongoing process. We need to be better in terms of, utilizing each other and playing together in the half court. We're not selfish. We're just not using each other very well, and that's also a process that improves as you go through a season. And um, I thought last night, you know, obviously our, our main two guys, you know, Zach Anderson and Nathan Lewis, are always going to be the guys at the top of the stat sheet. But getting his first action as a varsity player, uh, Devin Leith, um, a really promising sophomore Played some really big minutes. I don't know if anything showed up on the stat sheet for him. I don't. He didn't score. I don't even think he took a shot. But he gave us stability. He defended really well. He was solid with his ball handling, and uh, I, I'm really pleased for Devin and and hopefully that's a precursor of things to come for him coming off the bench for us.
3: Scott, I had a question with 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 John. Is there any situation where you have any idea when he might be? Uh, um, we are
4: the the original prognosis was fairly grim. They thought it might be a fracture. It's not. Oh. MRI came back clean. Oh. Um, uh, the assessment yesterday from our training staff, as he goes and sees the orthopedist today, uh, was very favorable. The swelling had gone down. Mobility was improving. Um, right. I think, uh, and, and just simply relying on what I've been told from the moment, you know, from. Our docs through our training staff is at this point we're hopeful it's just a a pretty severe sprain but of course it's his his dominant hand, his shooting hand, his primary ball-hailing hand and so you know I I, I don't even want to make a guess but I think we're probably looking at a couple of weeks minimum and uh, just the fact that it's not a season-ending injury it does not look like is something that we're very happy about. John, you know even Even thrown into a very difficult first game against a team that traps and is relentless like Seminole. Uh, John really demonstrated uh, his toughness and his ability. Um, He means an awful lot to us. and It'll just be that much better that we're developing our depth. If we can get him back full strength down the road, it'll mean a great deal to our success.
3: Absolutely. Did he take a fall?
4: Yeah, in the third quarter he he took a, a fall on it. I guess he braced it. And I knew it was bothering him. I did not realize to the extent until after the game. John's right. so tough-minded; he didn't say anything. Um, and uh, I probably should have been a little bit more aware of it. I'm, I'm disappointed in myself, uh, but uh, he's just a—you know—part of why we love him is he is—he is for a sophomore as tenacious and as strong-willed as it comes, and uh, possesses a great deal of talent on top of it, which is what you want for
3: a point guard. Absolutely. Um, uh, You know, hearing the score, 34-27, and knowing it was Boone you were playing, it was no surprise uh, at all there. But uh, uh, do you – and this is such an open-ended question, but it it reminds me of there's at least a little bit of push to to put the shot clock in high school. You you have thoughts on that? I know you do, but uh, what well, are your thoughts? on them? We've I, not talked I about am, that.
4: I am to be honest. I'm personally ambivalent. I I think there is mm. a sense. You know, in high school, you have to coach who you get, unless right. you're certain schools that are unnamed in this
3: area,
4: in <laughs> you know, various sports that will coach who they can get with them. But I'm gonna coach who we get, and my point here is. I don't necessarily think it should be a bad thing if a coach at a school who doesn't have the kind of talent as the team down the road puts in a system of play which gives his young men or young women a chance to be most successful. Right. And you know what? You just got to deal with it and figure it out and compete against it. And if people don't like it, well, that coach isn't about trying to please people. He should be about trying to help these young men or young women to win basketball games and because there's a certain unlevel playing field based on where you may coach in high school you know i, I would understand if people say we're not going to do a shot clock that being right. said for entertainment value and i think for us personally a shot clock would be would be great because i think we defend really really well so people will be up against the shot clock a ton against us and that right. makes it really hard to score i think we like to play with tempo i'd much rather run and be aggressive than to have to pass it around for, for a minute at a time. And yeah. so I think it would personally be beneficial, but um, I'm a I'm an old school guy that's seen some guys win some games in some really unique ways. I mean, the last game I ever coached at Lake Region High School in uh, in two thousand I guess it was two thousand five, two thousand six, the spring of two thousand six, I took a I took a, a really talented a uh, group of kids from Lake Region that were had gotten to the regional final, we went up to Lake Howell, and we were not nearly capable of lining up and playing with Lake Howell, who had future pros Chandler Parson, Nick Calathas, mm. college star Joey Rodriguez, and others. Right. And they had lost a home game in four years. And there's no way we're going to go up there and just fire our bullet. <laughs> so we held it. And with six minutes to go in the third quarter, We scored on a backdoor alley-oop to tie the game at 12. (laughs) And they came down, and Chandler ended up hitting a three in the corner and got fouled the next trip. We never got it closer than one possession after that. Uh, The final was 36-28, but that was a little misleading. It was was 31-27 with a minute and 20 seconds to go. And so people were hooting and hollering and booing and screaming and cussing at us. But you know what? That was what I needed to do for our kids to try to win a game.
3: Absolutely. And so you got a
4: shot clock in. We're gonna go up there. We're gonna take our kicking and lose by twenty five. And everybody says no big deal. Well, you know what? I had an obligation to our kids. And so I feel like that we take <coughs> we take a coach's responsibility to his young men and women to coach them the best way possible based on his talent if we put a shot clock in.
3: Right. Yeah, I, I I hadn't thought of it that way but but it's certainly uh you know I, I think as a fan probably I don't mind you know slow down. Well my games, thing but. is
4: um are we telling are we telling Rick he needs to run the spread cuz a single right. wing might be more boring Are we telling a team that runs the triple option y'all need to throw it 40 times a game cuz it's more boring. Right. Or you know uh or late in the game Late in the game, you're using all of your play clock, and you're running the ball every player. We tell them they need to pass so the other team can come back. I mean, I look, if you don't like the aesthetics of a particular game, that's your choice. But our job should not be to make people entertained. Our job should be to put a product on the floor where our young men have a chance to be successful.
3: Well, that and, and as a fan, I completely agree with that because, you know, with, with my, my orange blood of, of Tennessee, I don't care if – if we win 3 to 2 in a football game uh, or 47 to 45 you know right. but i'll tell you and, this i'm glad Dan
4: bulldogs back in florida i'm hey, glad hey, Dan hey. back in florida and we actually got an offense now so i get it i get it uh, even man, with felipe
3: it, it, what's that even with felipe
4: even with felipe dude if we got an offense with felipe y'all in trouble john
3: <laughs> well, that's uh, all We getting ready. They're talking about Hugh Freeze going to be our offensive coordinator uh, up there. So, long as we get everything in line, we'll be all right. I, I hear you, brother. You know, it's 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 a battle in that in that in that stuff right there, man. But uh, yes, sir. Uh, um, you know, I, it, it, you know the long range thing with with Latimer being hurt. I guess is that, you, and you mentioned this uh, that you get some other guys some experience that they otherwise maybe. Uh, wouldn't have and, and you know, John's able to come back full force and full full health and all of a sudden come postseason maybe you've got a, a backup point guard if he gets in foul trouble or or has another injury or something
4: absolutely and um, You know, I think you'll see us even use Zach a little bit of point in certain situations.
3: Sure Absolutely um, his Very versatility good ball,
4: is such where we can do some of that Um, and we actually will prepare a little bit of that today. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, we, we're going, you know, when you, when you take away the guy that's going to run your club with the ball in his hands, uh, it, it, it forces you to have to look at some things that we've got some young kids and it'll be an opportunity for them to, uh, to see if they're ready. And if not, we just got to keep coaching them up. Um, I told them last night, I said, fellas, Y'all the best we got. We love you. And we just got to keep getting better. You know, we're not going to replace them. They're our guys. And, um, you know, so we just we just have to continue to coach them every day, let them see the things, let them learn and grow. I think film will be important for us over the next few weeks. And uh, all those things we're excited about because we really love our guys.
2: Coach, can you stick around for uh, a
4: couple more segments? Uh, I wish I could, but uh, unfortunately the world of Algebra One awaits me and
2: uh, uh no you don't need algebra in the real world well, One you know
4: what? and and i even I, and
2: i don't even blink when our kids tell me that i'm like that's true but you need it to graduate so, yeah, absolutely you do yes sir well we're, gonna, we're up against a break i want to thank you coach scott williams blue daughter basketball for being with us here on blue daughter sports central john i know you have to leave yes always appreciate you
3: well good deal
2: all right talk to you later coach
3: see you later scott
2: and you're listening to blue darter sports central right here on the front porch at porkies we'll be back after this
1: it's blue darter sports central on 1520
2: wbzw your hometown station Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520
1: WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger.
2: Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central, live on the front porch here at Porky's in downtown Popka. Come on out, join us, hang out for lunch, because I'm telling you, I have Brian King sitting in front of me, and he's got a, a Cuban that's driving me crazy. Brian, thanks for being here.
5: No, thanks for having me on, Joe, and it's a very, very good.
2: It, it, look, it smells great. But then all the food here is mo- excellent.
5: No doubt. No doubt.
2: So, are you all ready for the holiday, sir? You know
5: what? As ready as that can be, um, I do like the little cooler weather, but 40 is awful low. Let's move it right back up into the 65s, and I'll be real good like it is right now.
2: Well, this is our winter. Exactly. You know, so we get to laugh at everybody up north. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. You know, they're getting pounded with snow and everything, and we're having very nice, pleasant what you would call chamber of commerce weather
5: oh it's beautiful out beautiful
2: yeah i'm definitely not ready for the holidays but we do have the apopka christmas parade coming up the 42nd annual we're going to be in that and that's pretty much what i've been focusing on
5: oh i'm sure that takes up a ton of time it's such a great event though
2: it is it is and we will be broadcasting it live again this year
5: oh that's awesome
2: but roger uh, debbie o'brien and and i will be doing the float by float commentary
5: oh uh, it is such a such a great event and and one again one of the things that makes this community so good is the parade is so community oriented
2: yes yes it's a, it's a small town hometown parade
5: no doubt no doubt i've told people all along that going to the state finals in baseball at dr phillips was totally different than it was here. Not one better or worse or anything, but different. But just so different because that, that, that was four or five days leading up to going to the tournament. Didn't matter where we walked or or what guy it was somebody said hey good luck this week at dr phillips i'm I'm not sure anybody in the dr phillips area even knew we were playing in the state tournament uh when i was at dr phillips wow and it's just such a different atmosphere and it's so exciting to be a part of something where you know there's a whole community pulling for you and not just a school or a staff yeah if your Uh, kids
2: on the team we're going to go out right other than that they don't bother
5: nope that's exactly right
2: love a popkin we were talking with john perry and coach uh, scott williams about blue darter football and basketball i'd like to get your opinion on the blue darters football season eight and four well, you know Made what it to the playoffs too deep into the playoffs
5: and, and you know what probably people in pop are going huh that's that's all they did um Spoiled, exactly. Uh, you know what? We've had a great run here for for really uh, almost 40 years. You know, yeah. we had the one little stretch in the uh, in the late 90s uh, that that wasn't good, but from '78 through now, I mean, wow. we are the dominant football school. And uh, you know what? I, I thought. Uh, for the club that they had and the improvements they made eight and four was outstanding. Uh, they got beat by a better team. Um, you know what? And, and it, it's, it's funny. Um, I was just telling somebody the other day about competition. You know what? I've never shown up at a ball game and thought, man, we just don't have enough here today. There's a lot of times I've worked, looked across the field or across the sidelines and said, boy, they're better than our, what are we going to do to change it? But you know what? If you play nine times, uh, ten times, the better team is going to win nine out of ten. Um, you know, that's why they play the game, because you can do some things or something can happen. But you know what? Week I was better than Apopka. They had better players. Uh, they were more athletic. They were definitely big. And uh, they were big and strong. And you know what? They could run. Equally with a popkin. You know what? They lost a team that was better than them, and they have nothing to be ashamed of.
2: Absolutely not. Uh, Very impressed with the season. And, you know, 19 seasons making the playoffs. You know, last year we lost to uh, Timber Creek on the first round this year. Two rounds in.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, again, you know what? Again, people compare all those state championships. that, That stretch where they went to state finals three years in a row, that again, they had the best players. You know what? They belong there because their players were better, and it's it's apparent by where they're playing collegiately. And you know, it, it's one thing to have one dominant player. They had two dominant, dominant players. You got two dominant players. You you ought to get there. And and so, it's not that the coaching staff worked any less or any harder. They, their players were just better, and that's that's why they got two exactly. finals three straight years.
2: Exactly. We're looking forward to the. The next season they've got a lot of freshmen coming in a little bit of rebuilding for the blue darters uh, on offense we've got some injured players hopefully they're going to be back they're going to be a hundred percent and performing on all cylinders
5: oh absolutely and, and you know what in the in the style of offense that they run it's just you're going to get banged up and and this year it, it was worse than, than some other years and uh get all those guys back healthy and they'll they'll be back in the playoff chase again next year no doubt
2: and you know you're absolutely correct uh blue daughters they're very resilient and coach darlington and all the coaches do a phenomenal job
5: uh, coach darlington's been very fortunate too and he does a great job because you know what leadership starts at the top but he's been he's been able to establish um year after year outstanding staffs guys who have experience guys who want to be head coaches guys who have been head coaches and it makes a huge difference when you're not trying to coach the whole team by yourself because it's certainly not a one-man show
2: no 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 it's definitely not a one man show we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back more with brian king hopefully there's a rumor floating out there we might be hearing from roger franklin williams
5: Oh, that's awesome. Who's
2: who's out and about on the road taking care of business. You're listening to Blue Darter Sports Central live from Porky's Front Porch. Come on out. We'll be right back. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. It's Blue Darter
1: Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger.
2: Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central. Joe Ferraro here sitting in for Roger Franklin Williams, who hopefully will be on the line soon. I'm with Brian King. Brian, I you have no idea how much I appreciate you being here with I'm, that delicious sandwich that's been driving me crazy. I'm glad I showed up for lunch, Joe. <laughs> and you know what? You can show up for lunch, too. Just come on out to Porky's. We're on the front porch, and uh, they've got a menu that will knock your socks off. I guarantee it. And on the horn right now, the Prince of Apopka, Roger Franklin Williams. Hey, Roger. What's
6: your name? Hey, Roger. Hey, uh, you know, Thanks for inviting me on. Thanks for sitting in. You know, and, um, it's great to, great to join you guys. I've been listening to the show, and it sounds great.
2: Well, we're glad uh, hey. you're listening.
6: What, anything particular you'd like for me to, uh, to speak to or um, you know, well, I, I am curious I, I did not hear if you covered it I didn't hear because uh, uh, I didn't hear everything um, John Peary discussed the We game you know they lost the Jacksonville Mandarin. did you guys have a chance to talk about that
2: unfortunately no John had to leave but that was going to be the very next thing we were going to talk about but he had to go.
5: Did, uh, did Brian, Brian, did you go to that game? I did not go to the game. But, uh, you know what, seeing them both during the year, um, you knew it was going to be a good matchup. And the way that kid from Mandarin throws the ball, um, probably the best passer that that, that we got on defense had seen all year long. And, um, you know what, it, it only takes one big play to kind of get some momentum going, especially in a passing game. And, uh, you know what, he Again, when you, yeah, and when you've never had to deal with that during the season, I mean, they just hammered away at everybody so easily. You know what? That panic sets in in those kind of games sometimes, and it certainly can affect the outcome of the game.
2: Yeah, yeah it's kind
6: of it sounds like, like a, a, a strange game. Um, you know, I was looking at the stats of the chief today, and when it looked like Mandarin had something like 28 yards rushing, you know, usually when you have 28 yards rushing, you don't. Uh, 18 yards rushing, 25 rushes for 18 yards. They they gain less than a yard for carry. Usually those aren't stats for a winning, winning game. But as you said, Brian, they had that passing attack. Their quarterback's in Alabama commit, and uh, they were able to get 202 yards and they hit the, the one deep ball that essentially won the game for them. So you have kind of kind of a strange game, and we kind of certainly hurt themselves with turnovers, which was interesting. They had four turnovers. And you know, it just seemed like the two times we kind of played us, the quarterback. It looked like Tom Brady out there. I mean, he was the most efficient thing you've ever seen. And um, you know, but that wasn't the case versus Mandarin, and you know, Mandarin got the big upset.
5: No doubt. And like, like I said, I mean, you know what? I, I thought Mandarin when when Popka played them during the regular season, I thought they were really good, and I really really liked the quarterback. Um, uh, you can you can see why he was committed to Alabama. Um, and uh, again, when you start throwing the ball around, uh, certainly 18 yards is certainly hard to get uh, uh, 18 yards on the ground. It's hard to get 19 points out of, but uh, they, they protected him against the Popka. And so obviously they did again uh, Friday against Wikaba, which shocks me a little bit because Wikaba' is a little more uh, aggressive and pressing. Uh, they blitz a little bit more than the Popka does. But uh, obviously, uh, Mandarin was ready for it. And when you start that blitzing, it just opens up lanes, especially at the high school level, where the guy's got a bigger area to throw it into. And and that kid from Mandarin did not need any any more area. Uh, he was good enough all on his own.
2: You know, yeah, 202 yards passing. That and that that's where it all happened at, right there. Absolutely. You know, compare when you're comparing to Wakaiva, only 80 yards passing. 130 yards rushing.
6: Yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about. You know, uh, we time his passing stats. we uh, are you know, were six for eighteen. You know, which is only about thirty percent, thirty-three percent, and three interceptions. And you know that that's not that different than some other games they had. But boy, against us, it was exactly the opposite. But anyway, kind of ancient history. But um, you know, for me, it was a huge upset. I was kind of expecting. We kind of to go all the way um, based on what you know, we saw when, when we played them and then, of course, the way they performed on defense against literally every, everybody else. But anyway, sounds like one of those kind of interesting games where turnovers made the difference. I, I did want to mention, talk a little bit about bowling because um, you know, the, our bowling team had another outstanding season. They were not able to come home with the sixth straight uh, championship. But still, they, uh, they made it to, uh, into the finals, and they finished, I think, something like sixth, sixth in the state. And um, I did want to commend the bowling program in general because, you know, we're at a point now where the guys bowling are, are far removed from that original group that started the whole dynasty. So it's great to see a popular Blue dogger boys bowling continue to, to perform at a very, very high level.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. Congratulations to the Bali team. And again, Roger, you know, it, there's the dynasty is still there. The foundation is there, and next season is going to be uh, another start for them for the run to the championship.
6: Yeah, you know, exactly. And that's a great point. And the, the great coaching, um, you know, the the great culture of kids. You know, and that's another thing. That's a great point, Joe. Because what I understand from Demetrius Virgos, you know, who's kind of say the godfather of Kind of a positive regarder bowling You know, Father. Did the kisses ring? You know, uh, Demetrius' efforts have just been in- incredible to build a program. Just as a supporter, yes. raising money, um, contributing money, guiding leadership, uh, encouraging all those kinds of things, organizing the, the, the fans, which are a huge, in the parents, which are a, a huge part of it. But from what Demetrius has told me, you're exactly right. There are new kids coming up. That he doesn't even know that um, you know that that, that, are, that are coming into the bowling program and these kids are good, so it, it, it's, we've really got the pipeline going, and um, it's just one of those, another great story of, of Apopka sports.
2: Right.
5: Well, you know, Roger, we <laughs> talked earlier about community involvement, and, and again, I think that's what separates Apopka High School from most most schools. It is still very uh, uh, community oriented.
6: And while I've got Brian here, I do want to just ask Brian a question. You know, one of the the really um, huge new dynamics of high school sports in general, but especially football, in the last couple of years, has been the, the way that the state of Florida has changed the residency requirements for high school athletics, which essentially has led to a thing where, you know, pretty much for the most part, kids can go almost anywhere they want to go to play sports now. you know. Yeah, previously, insane. they were pretty much uh, bound to the school whose geographical area they lived in. And, um, you know, it's definitely changed the face of, of, of high school, certainly the football programs here, because you know there certainly seem to be some programs that are very skilled at, at, at quote, attracting uh, excellent talent uh, from other schools. Uh, how do you see that uh, continuing, Brian, and do you see that? How, how does that continuing Do you think we'll be affected by that, our football program going forward?
5: Oh, oh I think anytime that you're um, um, have a discipline program you're at risk you're at risk of losing kids because um, coke, coke. Um, you're at li- you're at risk of losing kids because you know what you, you get held accountable and in, especially in today's world um, kids at the younger age uh, all the travel they're no longer playing just on their community teams they're they're going out and all these other areas to play on a travel team and because of that nobody wants to discipline or or hold people accountable because they're afraid they'll leave and go to another team because there's nothing that bounds them there so i think anytime you are at a program and the and the staff uh or the administration has discipline you're you're in jeopardy of losing kids all the time and uh certainly i think that's been to we guy benefit the last couple of years um uh, we, Joe and I were talking earlier. We guy was better than the had better players than the Popka this year, and um, again, I think part of that is the guys who left the Popka um, didn't want to be held accountable or had never been held accountable before. So I certainly think that the longer this plays in stays in play, uh, that you will have the haves and you will have the have-nots, and there will be no in between. You'll either be good. or... Or not very good at all because the players
6: go someplace else.
2: Yeah, they need to rethink that. Yeah, I agree.
6: I don't think it's been a positive development at all. And I agree with what Brian said. It puts us at a disadvantage, especially the the you know the values that Coach Darlington builds this program on, which you know, he's not one that, that actively uh, seeks to, quote, attract players from other schools. I mean, he takes what we've got here for the most part. You know, from time to time, we'll get a transfer. But it's it's not part of his business model, if you will, and um, you know, um, but you know he he wants to play with the guys that re- really 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 want to want to be here, and that includes working through the adversity uh, to want to be here. And then, as you said, Ryan, uh, you know, a lot of other programs now it's a much easier path. It's a path of adulation and not a lot of accountability, not a lot of a discipline, um, and uh, you know, it, that, I think that you know. That's other way to put it. I think that puts us, uh, at least in the last couple of years, has put us at something of, of a disadvantage.
2: Hey, Roger, you know? we're short on time, and, and we've got a, a celebrity just came up, the mayor of Apopka, Brian Nelson. We do well, have, have a, a celebrity, celebrity I, I defer uh, the rest of my time to Mayor Nelson. 30, <laughs> 30 seconds. 30 seconds. No, I think you
1: were talking about students moving from school to yes. school. Yeah, I, I know it was meant – from, a, from an academic point point of view, and unfortunately, as we see in a pop, it's not from an academic, it's from an athletic, and that's kind of where we have to draw the line. So, uh, yeah, I understand. I either,
2: no. and, 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 and you heard it from the mayor himself. I want to thank everybody for being here on Blue Darter Sports Central. Have a great Friday. Thank you. It's Blue Darter Sports
1: Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station.